All right, here's the Nick's Eye origin story. Are you ready? I've been meaning to do an episode like this for a while, but I didn't feel ready to talk about some of these things because they were very difficult to talk about. So we'll get into those a little bit later on. But I got to give you some context as to my life and what's been happening and what has happened in my life. The trials that I've went through and the hero's journey of my particular story, and you have yours as well, and you are the main character of yours, but these are some things that have happened for me. So my life has been interesting, to say the least, in some parts. And so we'll focus more this episode on later awakening, the awakening story, since I've awakened what has happened with me and basically pondered, researched the nature of reality. What are some trials that I went through along the way? And so before we do that, and I'm just already thinking and getting emotional about some things I, I know I'm going to talk about during this episode, but let's start with high school and childhood for me very quickly. Uh, I just want to mention that the reason why this podcast is named Universe the Game is because I played so many video games growing up. And uh, I've already talked a lot today, so sorry if my voice is... I did a Q&A for Patreon, and my voice is already kind of given way, but we've got some warm drink here to to keep my voice good. Okay, so with my childhood and why it's called Universe Game is because I played so many games and I saw so many similarities. Okay, so I'm just going to quickly name off some games that I played so that I know a lot of you may have played video games. Maybe you haven't, maybe you have. I don't know. I really don't know. But if you have, these are some of the games so you can relate. I played a lot of, starting earlier on to later, I played a lot of uh, Halos, all the Halos, Halo, the original Halo, Halo 2, 3, uh, Reach, and Halo 3 was a game that I played ridiculous amount. Um, Rock Band I used to play with a couple friends, and I used to play that all night long. I love music. And then it was more RPG-type games, it was Modern Warfare-type games as well. I've always been into those FPS-type games, or always had been. Not really anymore, of course, because I've got so much other things that I'm doing, and I've kind of moved on from that. But FPS... Um, World of Warcraft was my most played game. Um, Overwatch is close second. Then you have League of Legends, Apex. Um, and I almost went, and I was almost a professional gamer, by the way, uh, in Apex specifically, because I played so much of that. And I was actually trying at that point to be a professional. But I digress. Okay, so that most of my life at the beginning was spent playing video games a countless amount of hours. And I didn't really drink, I didn't really smoke, I didn't do any of these things or have any other problems besides that because I was so obsessed with video games. So and I started to play these games like World of Warcraft and I started to uh, really just get lost in the world. And I think that really opened up my perspective to think about how how, how these systems in these games actually really were very, very close to how our reality worked with reincarnation and these things I learned later. Basically, as I started to progress in the awakening path, which we'll get there in just a sec, I started to realize that, oh, looking back at my life, World of Warcraft is very similar to real life in many ways. And now there are obviously abilities and things like this that are not our current reality. But before then, before you get into all the uh, esoteric elements of World of Warcraft, in, in general, 
it seemed it had a lot of similarities and many of these other games did too but you know the appetizingness of these games was that you had special abilities and i didn't realize till later on that maybe i was so attracted to these video games with specifically spells um and abilities because i felt like deep within maybe i was connected to a life where i had these abilities and that's something we can contemplate later on and these obviously speculation but it really feels like humanity has that potential but anyways moving forward when i got into high school i got bullied for being overweight and these things and i was 315 pounds at one point okay and for reference i'm six foot four so i'm pretty tall and right now i weigh like probably like 180 190 I would say something like that. I don't really know. I haven't stepped on a scale in a while, but just around that. And I'm not exactly the weight that I want to be at this moment, but you know, I've lost like 135 pounds or so since then. 120, 130, somewhere in there. And and food has been one of the biggest lessons of my life. Absolutely. Absolutely without a doubt, it has. Uh I've struggled with food most of my life until I lost the weight. You know, coming out of high school, my first job was a dishwasher, and I moved my way. Oh, my actual first job was at McDonald's, and I absolutely hated it. I hated it. So I let go of the McDonald's. I was like 16 when I did that, still in high school. First job was a dishwasher at an Amish restaurant. I started to lose the weight. Then I went to Anytime Fitness every night, and I ran, and I lost, continued to lose the weight. Uh, then I moved. I moved from, in, I was in Michigan for high school. Moved to Indiana to the Amish restaurant because I had an aunt that lived in Indiana. Then I moved back to Michigan, East Lansing, because my brother was going to Michigan State, so I went to Lansing Community College. Uh, and so then I went there, enjoyed the community college life where you basically could take out loans and not really care about things and just buy whatever you wanted. And so, you know, I did some of that. <laughs> As any college kid would. Uh, hey, you're giving me... a uh, you can take out loans. You pay them back, and many years later, yeah, sure, give me all the loans. <laughs> so I, I did that. I mean, I never really spent and went ridiculous with it, but I lived off of that money instead of working. Well, then I decided about a semester in, I should probably get a job so I don't spend all of this extra money. So then I got a job at this place called Studio C. It was a movie theater and a server, a serving. You, there was a restaurant that you could get food ordered to the movies in the movie theater. So I started as a cashier and worked my way up to a server. Then my friend got me a job as a, um, as a server at Red Lobster because he had worked his way up at Red Lobster from a dishwasher. And so Red Lobster was kind of like my place. I transferred there. I worked there for a long time, probably like two, two years at that location in Lansing. And then I transferred to Phoenix, because what happened was, is that I started working, but I didn't start, well, I wouldn't call it work. So I switched my major two years in from business management to kinesiology. And then I got an internship for that kinesiology degree in at physical therapy, at Spooner Physical Therapy in Phoenix. So then I tried out physical therapy and I realized, oh, God, this is not for me. This is super slow. I was into weight training at that point. And I was really heavy, and I almost competed in bodybuilding before I realized that everyone was on steroids. So it was basically like you're, as a, at least all the men were, 
either you take steroids or you can't compete. It basically held. Then I figured that out and I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not into this. So I went from like not caring about my health at all to extremely caring and then to kind of coming back down from it. Then I tried out physical therapy and I went there and I went every, I don't know if it was every day, every week, I think, but didn't like it at all. It was super slow. Uh, this was not my style, to say the least. So then I, I quit that and I actually didn't ever graduate because I knew that I wasn't going to use this. I'm like, this is not the path in life. I had like a complete re rejection of all school at that point. I'm like, I did not want to go back to school for another however long to do something different. I don't want to keep doing this. This isn't really what I want to do. So I transferred Red Lobsters to that location in, I think it was actually in Peoria. Yeah. Glendale, that area. And so then I just said, you know what? We're done. And so I, I stopped. I think I had like four weeks left until I graduated, something like that. Uh, and I just quit. I'm like, I'm not going to use this. I know I'm not going to use this. And I told my parents, just trust me. I, this is not what I'm going to do with my life. So then I continued to work at Red Lobster on the side for a while. And then I started this. When I was working at that, fast, that first Red Lobster, I started to have, that was when I first started my first resemblances of an awakening. And the resemblances were somebody had mentioned to me, hmm, you ever seen symbolism in these music videos? And I'm like, what? What do you mean symbolism in the music video? What are you talking about? There's symbolism in music? What kind of symbolism? Symbolism of what? And that took me down the rabbit hole, my friend. That went all the way down the rabbit hole. And I, oof, I started to realize the negative, as I wrote in my book, I started to realize the negative path first. And I was basically like, all right, I just need to get myself out of this. The world is all sorts of wild, to say the least. And I need to basically figure out how to get out of the rat race of life. To make a bunch of money and to be my own boss. That's what I wanted to do. So then I had some roommates at the time. And I said, hey, let's you guys want to get into this business? And I was trying to do a Shopify. Uh, not well, Shopify isn't really the right name. Uh, what is it even called? Amazon FBA. Okay, I did that afterward. Actually, the first thing I did was try and sell drop shipping. There it is. I tried to drop ship watches and start a watch business where you basically, you, you take watches that are extremely cheap. You buy them online uh, from China or other places. Uh, wherever and when you buy them online you can sell them for much more and you ship them over and it's like this whole thing try to get into that didn't work actually my roommates just wanted to play video games and i was like getting out of the video game phase i was like i just want to make money and i want to you know, do these other things i want to travel and it was more about that for me it was like financial freedom is the most important thing so then I risked it all, and I'm still, there's many things I can't do because of this risk right now, such as uh, I can do nothing with credit, nothing with credit, because of this next thing. So then I took out, I, I had a perfect credit score, I think like 720, something like that, even high, it might have been higher than that, seven, around that, very, very perfect, or close to perfect. I had no, nothing wrong with it. I had done 
been very responsible up to that point, so-called responsible. And I decided, hey, hmm, I can take out all these loans. And my mother at that point was back in Michigan and she was, I had gotten a call from her uh, and she was not doing well. Uh, she basically, this was while I was still in Arizona. This is about the time, this is before I took out the loans. Um, she called me. My brother was like 10 minutes away, five minutes away from her, mind you. And she said that she wanted to end it all, basically. Uh, she said she wanted to end it for herself. She didn't want to be here anymore. And that really, that really was a moment for me. And I loved my mom dearly. I was very close to my mom. And I actually had to give, I don't know how I did it. I gave my roommate at the time my brother's phone number and I said, get over there now. And... Well, no, I gave my roommate the, the phone number of my brother, and he called my brother and said, go over there. And so he went over there, and she was ended up being fine. But that was a moment where I was like, he was like, nobody cares about me. And, I, you know, it just like the, some of the hardest things for any son to hear from their mother. And so I was basically like, oh, I need to get back there, huh? Because I actually, she told me when I left, because she was so, you know, she didn't really have anyone. And so, besides my brother, didn't really have, like, friends or these type of things. You know, that's not my fault or anything like that, but that's just how it was. And so she said when I left for Arizona the first time that I couldn't go and then I was like, what do you mean I couldn't go? And, you know, I was an adult and all this. And she was like, I can't lose you and Jax. And Jax is, if you're watching on YouTube, Jax. This is actually my dog. Jax, you might have seen him from my stories on Instagram. Jax, come here. Come here. See if you can see him here. Oh, oh, there he is. One sec. We got to roll a little bit. Here's Jax here. Um, And so... I actually left Jax with her because she had helped me raise Jax. Like, well, I had gotten Jax when he was a puppy from the apartment. I was living in an apartment with my brother at the time. And, you know, she helped raise him. She was around. She lived close. And she was also close to Jackson. Um, she said, I can't lose you both. So I felt really bad. She didn't have her anyone, anyone else. So I left. Boy, that way there. And I thought, you know, he, he's in good hands. And, it was tough, really tough decision to do. And then I was really missing my my beautiful boy Jax, and so then I was like, I need to move back. So then she told me that she had I could live at the cabin. I went back there for Memorial Day, and I was like, Oh, could I live at the cabin? Because we had a cabin that was like probably two hours away from her, two three hours in the. Roscommon area, which is like upper Michigan, not, not UP, but 
helper. And so I said, you know, I want to be here for you. Could I come back and live with the cabin? She said, yes. And so I was like, all right, how can I do this with no money? You know, because I hadn't saved that much from, uh, from Red Lobster. And so then I was like, okay, I've got perfect credit. I can probably take out some credit, right? And then I realized, oh, I can take out a bunch of credit. So then I took out like th four credit cards with like, some had like 5,000, some had 2,000. I took out a bunch of credit cards, like 15, totaled like 15,000. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to invest in this Amazon FBA and I'm going to sell things on Amazon. That's how I'm going to make my money. And then moved back to Michigan. And while I was back in Michigan, it gave me actually time to, I wasn't working for the first time. It gave me time to really contemplate the nature of reality. Cause I, like I said, I was having an awakening. I was realizing that the world wasn't what it seemed to be. And then it, it really culminated the dark night of the soul really culminated when I got to the cabin and started to get into, uh, Elon Musk and artificial intelligence and things like this. And I went down that whole rabbit hole and I, I, uh, had some really dark moments and, you know, dark moments like me look like you want to know what dark moments look like. It looks like me going to the general store. Cause I was eating very healthy at that point, going to the general store and getting some donuts, getting some, you know, some pizza rolls and shit I hadn't eaten in a long, long time and making them and popcorn and just getting it watching man of steel. One of my favorite movies. Um, <laughs> and crying. You know, these type of things. And just like, what's real? What's going to happen? We're all doomed. You know, just the culmination of the negative. And then I started to get into the, the more positive and I was led to uh, some some of the most beautiful books that I've ever read, which is you are the placebo, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I was guided to the law of one. I was guided to uh, change your thoughts, change your life. Uh, Taoism, that's what that book is about, by the way. Um, and then, so I started to really get into that. And then Muji was a huge part of my awakening as well. And so I had these other, this more positive path show up. And I started to see the beauty in the world and to feel really good uh, but i didn't really i didn't have the self-esteem to get online and instead of doing it i refused the call and i actually went back to video games i started to play video games again and i said you know what if i'm gonna play video games because actually i enjoy playing video, and i still enjoy playing video games like in playing video games is enjoyable and i haven't played in a long time, but they're still enjoyable. And so, you know, I was playing video games and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go really hard on this and I'm going to, I, I want to do this for a career. So then I ran out of money because I had some complications. I ordered thing, things from China and they took like a long time to get there. And I ended up 
not having enough time and enough money left to actually make the investment. Like I ordered, for example, I remember ordering pl- like play mats, like a, for children. You know, you put them on the ground so the ground isn't as hard. They're like little huge, basically puzzle pieces. I remember getting one of those, and then the quality sucked, and I was like, oh, I just wasted six weeks waiting for this. And so I learned my lessons, and <laughs> at that point, I had no credit. Uh, of any kind, and I had zero dollars, so I moved back in with my mother, and I continued to pursue video games, but on the side, on the side, I was, like, researching the nature of reality, and I did that for about a year, and then I started to realize, well, I'm actually much more interested, like, video games are getting monotonous and boring, I, you know, I was playing, like, 12 hours a day, because I was not only trying to make that a career in terms of uh, making it a career like uh, just playing video games, but also streaming video games because it's a big, it's a big thing. And, you know, I have that personality to do that type of thing. And, you know, that's why I can go on lives and just, you know, it's pretty natural to me because I've done it for so many hours and that's how I can talk like I talk now, but I've been doing this for years. So it's not only that. I've been on this path with sharing this information that I like I do consciousness for many years now so it's not only that at this point but um so I started you know streaming video games for about a year a little longer than that and uh, it started to get monotonous where I wasn't enjoying it at all I wasn't seeing any progress and I was doing it in a way where I wasn't going to grow you know if you stream on Twitch you're just not going to gain any traction uh, I was gaining a little bit of traction, but not really that much. And it just felt like I was wasting my time. I felt like I was never going to make it in these things. Now, looking back, if I would have done it different ways, if I would have gotten on TikTok as a streamer, I probably could have done it. But I didn't do it. Because I was more of an entertainer as well as a professional. I was pretty good. I was pretty good. But I, I wasn't like professional. Prof- I was the number one sniper in the world. At one point for kills. And so that's how much I was into it. And there was not a ranked mode back then for Apex. So, yeah. I played video games for, for a long time and I started getting traction, but it, it just, I felt this call. It was so deep in my soul. I felt this call to share this information that I was finding because it was much more interesting than the nature of reality. What was happening, what's happening in general with the history of the world? Uh, you know, like I said, the books that I had mentioned, Law of One started to really get me. And, um, and so then I started to realize, ah, crap, I want to switch again. I don't want to I don't want to do this anymore. So then I went outside on the little porch. I really liked that house that we lived in. I still kind of miss that house sometimes. It was a really nice house. It wasn't like huge or like fancy, but it was like out in nature. And it was quiet. And I really and it had a yard and I liked that and the grass. And you know, Michigan is nice for certain times of year, but other times it really sucks. So don't necessarily miss the Michigan weather besides like right now in August. It's really nice there. Um, and so I continued, well, I didn't continue. I moved on out into the porch. One day I went out into the porch and I was really contemplating quitting video games for good. 
And I said, you know what? If this is the case, if I'm meant to quit video games, let me see a cardinal. Let me see a cardinal. I shit you not. Cardinal popped right up on that porch on that little ledge. And I said, all right. Can't have a clearer sign than that, can we? So, from that day forward, quit. And I'm and there. There's many things I miss about that. And and when I say miss, like, yeah, I miss the fun, the entertainment aspect of it. I still feel like I'm not fully as animated as I am in life on social media. But but, but because listen, I think that has to do with. I'm not as animated yet because I haven't had the platform as much because I haven't had the time because you see the reason why I haven't been going harder on YouTube videos because I want to do YouTube videos on a high level. Uh, I haven't been able to because YouTube does not in terms of like it's very hard to grow on YouTube at the beginning. So I realized even though I didn't want to because I wanted to do YouTube from the beginning. I just want to do YouTube and do a podcast. That's what I wanted to do. Basically, make really cool YouTube videos about interesting topics. And if you go back, the first videos I posted were on YouTube. So then I tried YouTube at the beginning, but I realized that, oh, I'm not getting any views. This isn't growing at all. So then I had to make a decision. It's like, do you continue on this path or do you figure out what else to do? So I took a little bit of time off and then I started YouTube. And those... First couple videos are still on YouTube. You can go watch those if you want to see what I was like at the beginning. Uh, by the way, I think I finally I finally figured out my facial hair. I like this length. Maybe a little bit longer through the chin. But I like this length on the sides. I'm going to keep this. Kind of side note there, but I'm thinking about that because I didn't have very much facial hair at all at the beginning. And so... As I continued, I made YouTube videos and I realized, oh, this isn't going to work. I need to figure out a way to grow because I'm not going to spin my wheels here like I did on streaming. I spun my wheels and I tried something that was not working. It wasn't the best option. So then I went to Instagram. And by the way, TikTok wasn't really around as much when I started streaming. So I couldn't just have went to TikTok because at that time period, TikTok wasn't really a thing. That was later. So I went to Instagram and I'm trying to grow on there. And it took me a year to get to a thousand followers on Instagram, a year of posting close to every day. And my friend, good friend of mine, Matt Nash, Ash specifically, I, I talked to her and I became friends with her because my uh, partner went to their retreat. And they knew each other. So then Ash told me, I can see you being successful on TikTok. And I was like spinning my wheels on Instagram still. And I'm like, this is frustrating because, you know, you're trying to grow and you, you can't keep doing the same thing. I still know people who were growing, who had more followers than me. I know a guy, I'm not going to mention his name here, but. I know a guy on Instagram who was following, he had like a thousand followers and that was like about two years ago. Now he has 1300 followers, but he's not doing anything different. It's the same thing that's not working. 
And it always rang in my head this, this thing. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And after a year, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I gotta, I gotta do something different because I know I'm meant to do more than this. So then I didn't want to get on TikTok because I'm like, oh, this is probably for kids, right? And it felt like it was just dancing and that's what it makes it seem out to be. But there's actually a huge spiritual community on TikTok. And at that point, I was still refusing the call because I wasn't really sharing the law of one, which is law of one was one of the things that I was interested in the most. I loved the law of one as a philosophy. And I just did a podcast of Brian Scott on this podcast. I went on his too. But I, I did one on this podcast where we talked about the origins of law of one. By the way, I got to give you an update. I might even do a whole podcast that's like five minutes long just to say this, but the law of one is legit. As That's my opinion on that now. Because after that podcast, I had a couple people send me the original video or the video that the guy was referencing because we were we were concerned about them getting tooth implants. Uh, that's what they were talking about with surgery, but that wasn't what they were talking about at all. They were actually talking about something called psychic surgery. That... That was not what they were doing with the surgery. So that's where I was like, oh, is that evidence? No, it wasn't. It was actually, it was actually, he was misleading people with that video because that actually wasn't the context of what it was like in the original LNL research video. So as far as I'm concerned, the law of one is still legit. It's not BS. And so I wasn't wanting to share the law of one because I was scared of what people were going to think of me, just to be honest. Uh, and I didn't realize that was conscious, consciously, until later on. And so with that, I um, I was sharing mostly like Dr. Joe kind of stuff, neuroscience and and my in power versus force. I was talking about Dr. Hawkins and these things like that. And so then I started to share the law of one on TikTok. I said, I'm, I'm done just sitting here and turning my wheels. However, I got to make this happen. I got to make this happen. Um, that is an I, cause I'm, I'm not the only one that's responsible for what happens. Of course, it, the individual I, but like, I need to figure out something else. I need to give more avenues. I need to open gateways for people to find me. That was how I thought of it. So now let's catch you back up on the other side of this. While that was happening. So, I, it was probably a year and a half before I went on TikTok. And, and so while my Instagram was still at a small following, like a thousand to two thousand, I think, I met my partner, Jesse, online on my first podcast, Dispel Illusions. Okay. So she came on, she talked to me about human design. I never released the podcast. I hope I can find it someday. Um, but blew my mind, blew my mind. I became friends with her. We were not romantically interested for, you know, six months plus. Then she had a flight canceled and she had points. And I said, hey, you know, if your flight's canceled, come on out and hang out. We'll go up to my cabin and see some waterfalls and... Upper Peninsula of Michigan is beautiful. It was like the summer, and I was just like, yeah, come on, hang out, just as friends. And um, I didn't think she was going to take me up on it, but she did. And so this is important to the story because it leads into many things that are playing out today. So 
she came and visited and um and it was like a magical experience. It was a really a magical experience. And um she was with a guy at that point and they had been together for like two weeks. I was actually low key salty because the her and that and the guy, I had introduced her to the guy and they went and hung out in Sedona and then they started dating immediately. And I was like, if you would have invited me to Sedona, I would have came. Um, and so I invited them both actually, I believe. And, uh, obviously I don't think he could come. He had a job. Something like that. And I'm, I'm like 60% sure on that 70%. I'm not a hundred percent, but so she came and if you can hear the itching in the background, Jack says itchy all of a sudden. <laughs> so, uh, she came and it was just, we did some healing work, uh, didn't even mean to, you know, she had some things going on with her, her family and we bonded over that. And, um, you know, I helped her work through some things and, you know, we spent so much time together and then I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Uh, and then I was like, we're kind of falling for each other here. <laughs> To say the to say to say it just straight up, we are just falling for each other. Um, and so the other guy, obviously, she stayed a little bit longer because we had some flat tires happen and we couldn't get back to the airport, and that was the whole thing. And so she stayed a little bit longer, and it was. She had, I told her, you know, before anything happens, you should call the guy and tell him. He was extremely pissed. For some, he's actually got a decent following, too. He's he's in the awakening community. Uh, I don't know if he is anymore. He blocked me because he's still salt. He, It's interesting because a lot of these people, I've had multiple times. I'm actually going to talk about later on somebody else who is like this as well that I met who's a millionaire. It was wild. Um, so with him, he was extremely mad at me, all directed at me, not at her at all, all directed at me. And so, you know, I said, it is what it is, you know. Um, and I knew that... Hey, if if we got together, it might jeopardize our friendship. And I did it out of because it really just felt like it was something that, like intuitively, felt like it was a soul thing. And uh, I said, it is what it is. You know, and these are the intimate details you get being here on the <laughs> University Game Podcast. Um, it's hard to talk about because I felt bad. I felt so bad for the guy. But I was like, you know, I said, I, I remember saying to her, I'm like, listen, I don't want to do this uh, while you're with someone else or, you know, I don't want to get involved with you. You already have somebody else. And I'm like, but she's like, but I want to be with you. I'm like, okay, there it is. So, well, then we'll figure it out, right? And so that whole thing happened, and um, I, you know, I apologized to the guy. I'm like, I didn't know that this was gonna happen. I'm sorry. Uh, he just was pissed, completely pissed. And I understand. Um, so then, 
we kind of, man, in my mind, just like, as I'm saying this, my mind's like, what are people going to think? Are people going to think that, or is you, really? Are you going to think that I'm, you know, just a girlfriend snatcher or something like that? <laughs> because my mind is like, oh, God. Because I have never, I've never talked about this. I've never talked about this out loud. And, and um, I felt guilty for a long time, and I really guilted myself, like, that whole thing. And I had to let that go eventually, but for a long time, I was really, you know, you're young, you're still learning, and I don't regret it, because we're still together um, many years later. And so that happened, and so then we moved on, and so she, I, I asked her if she wanted to come live with me in Michigan because she lived in Arizona. And she said yes. And this was after a couple, this was actually pretty recent after it. I would say a couple couple weeks to a month afterward. I was like, you want to come live with me? I said yes. So she came and I flew down there. I moved her down, moved her up actually because it's up to Michigan. Moved her to Michigan. And then my, then we went on a trip. Uh, first trip I'd been on with my family, like, like actually like that, pretty much in my whole life. We rented a motorhome in Tennessee, in Gatlinburg, and we, we got there after a week of travel. Like, we literally got there on that Saturday, and the Sunday we left for the trip, because we had just been driving for a week across the whole U.S., and she had just gotten on her period. And so we were both extremely burnt out. And my mom was not having any of it. She was like, you, you guys aren't participating with anyone. You're not, you know, it's just like, because we were just kind of resting. Uh, and we were talking to like each other when, like, I guess not including her. And she felt like she wasn't included because she was the only one that didn't have someone else. Andrew, my uh, brother, had, you know, his girlfriend at the time and, yeah, they're still together. And she's great, by the way. And so we moved. We we were just like, I got in, into an argument with her there, and that's when the problem started. She basically didn't like Jesse from then on because she thought that I was being taken, like I was getting taken away from her, essentially. Like she had some sort of ownership over me. And it was this weird thing that came out, and I had no idea it was there until Jesse got there. So that whole kind of, she seemed to basically get jealous. And then I remember being in the car and like confronting her and saying, What is your problem with Jesse? And there was no real answer, right? There was no real answer. And I said to her, What can Jesse do better? And she said, there's nothing that she can fix. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that was the moment I'm like, okay, so this is, because we were on our way back to Michigan. I'm like, okay, so this is, this is not looking good. And she just had this weird, very undercover, hidden narcissism come out, whatever it was. And so it got worse. It kept getting worse. And... I realized, okay, so we got to do something now um, because I I took Jesse's side because, of course, I, I could see through it. 
and I could see that she was just trying to play games. She was trying to play mental games with me. And so then I... It kind of culminated at this time when... You know, remember earlier I was talking about how she told me she didn't want to be here anymore. Well, she then told me that exact same thing in person with her around. Uh, and this was years later, mind you. And I realized, you know, I'd been studying the levels of consciousness and realized it was shame. And I realized it was shame. And, the, and you know, since my I had been studying and really gotten to know this information, I could see the language of Dr. Hawkins' levels playing out in real life. And so I saw it with shame. And, and I remember Jesse telling me, the only way to really help someone in shame is to reject their shame. Because there's nothing else that they'll hear. And, I, and so... That's kind of what I did. I, you know, she was trying to say that it was my fault and all of these things, trying to shame me. And so I rejected it. And I rejected what she was saying. And I remember telling her, I feel like I'm karmically supposed to help you in this life. And I want to help you. Like, I was like begging her like, I want to help you. What can I do? These things. And I was just like, so distraught, you know, nervous system through the roof. And basically like, I resolve you of all karmic eyes. And I really, really felt it really did. Like, and I felt there was a shift, but at that point, you know, I was like, I don't care. I'm still here for you and then I didn't feel safe there after that so I left the house I left the house and I just like drove into the town with Jesse and I called my brother and he didn't believe me he didn't believe me which was very hard. He didn't believe that she was saying that or that she was doing that. So, I was angry that he didn't believe me. Um, so, you want to know, know what I did? I went back to the house and I... I did one of the... One of the things that I was like, you know what? Fine. He was still saying the same thing when I went back. I called Andrew on the phone. And I said, Hey. She's, she doesn't, you know, I said it in a way that was very blunt. I was like, she doesn't want to you know, you know what I'm trying to say. I said it in a very blunt way. Um, and then handed her the phone. 
And he goes, what? Is this true? And it was kind of funny watching it because he tried to backtrack so hard. Like all of the things, all of the shame, all the guilt and all of that. It was like I watched a whole nother person just shift back to the other person. It was like a reversal, like a uno reverse. And she, like a completely different person in a half a second. She was talking like normal, acting like normal. And that completely brought her out of that state. She's like, oh, no, no. Things like this. And I was like, okay, we got to go. So I try to figure it out in the next couple of days. Um, and it was very difficult. And she, I, I, we tried to get a motor home, but since she had just quit her job as a doctor, she didn't have income. Um, so actually we had left there because we just knew we had to leave and we just left. And uh, we left in like at seven at night, like before she got home, we didn't tell her because I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel safe to tell her. And um, it was so hard, man. I remember crying in the desk at the, at the desk in the, in the house, like that I had been at for so many, for a long time. And I really liked that house. And I remember just saying why. And like, I was so sad. So ridiculously falling my eyes out. But I knew that I had to go. And so then I left. And I left and didn't tell her and, and went to Indiana to my aunt's house and my aunt and my dad were both there. And we got there and everything was okay. And we stayed there overnight and took Jack's, of course. And I remember I had a Chase account at that point and she was watching my Chase account because it was linked to hers. And I had paid, Jesse had, uh, I was, I think we, I don't know if we were driving separate cars at that point. I, I know, I think we were, oh, yeah, I had my dad's old Buick LeSabre. It was like a 1980 Buick LeSabre. That's what I was driving at that point. And Jesse had lost her card, or I had kept her card, but not realized it. And I paid for her toll. Indiana has toll roads and she called my brother and complained and was so mad that I had paid her toll and at that moment I knew I had made the right choice like out of all things it wasn't is he okay is he and I'm not resentful I've I've forgiven her and I've come to a place of of love she's not a part of my life at all I have not talked to her since that event that was years ago now. I've not talked to her since then. And I'm not ready to have that conversation with her. And I, I, that's a whole other topic. But um, she was mad about that. And I was like, okay, then I think I made the right call then. So then um, 
we traveled around and we lived on the road. You know, we stayed at in a hotel for a week and then we had stayed at a friend's parents house and at the friend's parents house I had I was like what the heck am I going to do here? What am I going to do? Cuz we we had actually almost finalized a motorhome, a class C. It was really nice. She had the credit, but she didn't have proof of income as a self-employed person and she had just again quit the doctor job. She was a doctor. Uh, and so we couldn't get a motorhome, which was very disappointing and frustrating that the system works that way. I'm still kind of salt about it. Um, but it is what it is. I'm not still salt about it. I'm just like, whatever. Because um, I'm, you know, I'm fine where I'm at in life now. So we left. And we're like, well, what options do we have? We have we were in the Mazda. You might have seen the Mazda through my Instagram stories. Mazda CX-5, fucking great car. Oh, my God, I love this. The, the Mazda CX-5 is one of the best running cars. I've only had one repair in two years, and we drove 40,000 miles, 50,000 miles, I think. Drove an, an incredible amount in these last couple of years, and it's only broken down once. Besides the time I popped a tire going backwards on an off-road trail. That was my fault, though. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's later on. So then we um, got in the tent. We, well, we got in the tent. Let me back up a little bit. I researched rooftop tents, and I'm like, all right, well, it looks like our best option is probably to get a rooftop tent and to, to live out of the rooftop tent. And so I found a bigger one. It was a Smitty-built Gen 2 overlanding tent. It was a great tent. really was. Uh, zippers are trash, but it was a great tent. And we traveled around the U.S. for the next 10 months, I think, or up to a year, somewhere in there, living out of the tent. And at that point, I wasn't on TikTok yet. This is before I was on TikTok. And... Eventually, you know, we were living on savings, what we had saved up at that point. And ran out of savings. And said, well, shit, what are we going to do now? And so, you know, looking back, I probably would have made, I don't know if I would have made other decisions. I'd like to think that I wouldn't, but you know, I did. And we made the decision to just keep traveling on savings. And Jesse supported a lot of that. And, you know, Jesse has been such a blessing in my life um, to get me out of that situation and to, you know, support me while I was creating online. And I still, still can't believe it. And so for the next bit, we lived on savings for the next year. And then we ran out of savings, of course. And that was one before on TikTok and I wasn't popular on YouTube. And I had 2,000 on Instagram or so, probably at that point. And um, 
yeah, I had that precipice. I had that precipice of what am I going to do? She was staying with a friend who lived in Colorado who ended up being narcissistic as well. Uh, and so she stayed with them for like a month and was nannying. She was making money on the side. And I'm like, I got to figure this out. You know what, TikTok? We're going to give you a shot. And so for the next 30 days, I posted twice a day on TikTok. And I grew to like 200,000 in the first month or two. I think it was in the first month. I grew to like 200,000 followers. So then those people kept coming over from TikTok to Instagram. And then Instagram figured out their figured out their stuff. And they made their algorithm actually actually good. Their algorithm is good on Instagram. So then I'm like, TikTok is a whole hero's journey in itself because you can post a video and get, for example, I posted this video to uh, TikTok. It was the one for, with the synchronic lines from that last podcast I did with Frank J. Uh, I posted that video to TikTok and it got 4,000 views when I have 420,000 22,000, I think, technically, followers. And it got 4,000 views. And TikTok just does not show your videos based on I don't know what sometimes. And it's it's frustrating. It is very frustrating. So then I'm like, Instagram, this is just, this is kind of a topic. I'm going to get back to the story a sec. But Instagram their algorithm started to be good for my videos. So then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to focus my energy where it seems to be good. So then I went to Instagram and then Instagram started to blow up. And many of you might be new from Instagram because I had a couple of videos that went viral on Instagram. So where was I? I lived out of the tent for, and then I was camping by myself and Jesse was in me and Jack's were camping because they wouldn't allow dogs. Uh, at that house that she was staying at. So me and Jax went out and camped in the mountains of Colorado. I found a place that had a, a tower really close by, and we lived off-grid, like completely off-grid. Like I bought a generator, gas generator, and powered my stuff. And you can actually go back and watch a my first Law of One video on YouTube. It was a Law of One Basics video, and that was out... I think there's a couple Law of One basics. And that was out at the campsite. So you can actually see these videos. And you can actually watch the video, the vlog of me meeting Jesse on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's, uh, it's still there. So that whole thing is filmed. So then... I've always wanted to do vlogs, and I, and I like doing vlogs. So I just haven't been able to put the resources into doing vlogs because... I had to take care of other things, and we'll talk about what that is in a minute. But moving forward, TikTok worked out, and that was like my big, big break. Then people started to come over from TikTok to Instagram, and then my Instagram started to get big, and then Instagram changed their algorithm, and then I started to focus on Instagram, and I still did TikTok for a while. And I'm still doing TikTok, but it's not my main focus for sure because it never was 
really what I wanted to be. My main focus, actually what I really wanted, I just hit 10K subscribers here on YouTube, which is great. And if you're watching this years later, you might be like, bro, because I'll probably be at a million by then. Uh, you you got to start somewhere, right? And and so my I've always wanted to YouTube first again. And so we're just making our way there. And so then that started to improve. And then I started, uh, I did courses. Like I had a levels of consciousness thing that I did for a while. Then I started to do one-on-ones and then I started to do, you know, I started to be able to financially make some income, but it was always kind of month by month living until literally until the book. Because the book is the thing that really allowed me to relax. Um, you know, and actually when, when I'm filming this episode, what you're watching right now, I've always been taken care of. I just want to say that. Uh, I've always been, I've always had enough money. I've never ran out. Uh, the, the book money doesn't come in until August. So on August 30th, I get that first book money. And then that'll finally give me some room to, uh, to breathe, to breathe again. Um, it hasn't been like, well, actually it has been down to the wire sometimes. Uh, when I was, so continue on, I basically everything started to go well. We started to make it. I was putting in the work every single day. Then I, last January, I did something called the Exit the Matrix Challenge. I remember, I w so what I did during this time period was I was camping for that little bit there. And hold on, I'm actually going to stop the recording. I'm going to pause it. I got to go to the bathroom. And then we'll continue on as I drink some coffee. Give me a break. <laughs> okay, we're back. Put the heads I put the headset on because I wear headphones while I do this because it stops me from being distracted in the background with noises and stuff. That just seems to be a weird thing with me. Some people don't struggle with that, but the headphones definitely help me to uh, concentrate. So where was I? So moving forward, it has been month by month for me. Like that's how much I've risked it all for, for a while. And so what I did was in order to ground myself, I, after when I started TikTok in that first month, I made I'm I made the decision to I'm gonna move to Tennessee because my dad had an extra room. And so I make two hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, oh I'm starting to make it, but I mean I still had to financially still put food on the table. So then we moved to Tennessee. I moved to Tennessee by myself without Jesse. She let me take the car which was really nice um, while she was still nannying. She wanted to keep her commitment to nannying for this family until this certain allotted time she said she would, which was integrous, and I respected that. So then I continued on Tennessee, and uh, my brother had a deta car detailing business, and so then I did that. I got a job with him, and I made money, enough money to keep things afloat in the meantime while I really put in the work and every day I came home and I made videos. Go look at the, if you don't believe me, go look 
on TikTok and look at all the videos I made. And I all, and some days I made videos for Instagram that were different from TikTok. And then on top of that, I was making YouTube starting the University Game podcast. So I went extremely hard during that this time period. I'm like, I, I'm going to make it no matter what. It's inevitable. I believe it's inevitable. Started to get into Law of Assumption, Neville Goddard, Joseph Murphy, these other things. And I haven't really talked about this on the podcast very much yet, but I'm definitely going to get into it because it's been a, it's been so life-changing. But I talk about so many different things. It's so weird. Yeah, Nick, I talk about space-time, time-space, quantum physics, a science, math, also law of assumption, Neville Goddard. It's, I'm, all, I'm all over the place, but I love it. Uh, I'm not really in a specific category. Just That's why I put consciousness researcher. So I started to really practice the Dr. Joe Dispenza law, law of assumption. Uh, both of these things very heavily, subconscious mind really understanding what it was and really it really embodying it to a whole nother level. So I did that for a while. Then I started putting out like, um, remember there was a time where in this, in the winter, there's not much work for car detailing because you can't detail cars when it's snowing. Right. And, um, or really cold. There really wasn't that many people that called in the summer. It's ridiculous. So. Oh boy. Then I didn't have any income coming in because of that. And I was like, Oh, what do I do? Do I get another job? And I called Ash again. She's from the yoga couple. The yoga couple are some of the most amazing people. I could, I could confidently say that Matt and Ash are the most authentic and genuine people I've ever met online. Oh my gosh, ever. I've ever met. And I really mean that. And I've been waiting to have them on uh, the podcast at some point, so I will mention. I'll probably talk about how I talked about them at some point. I've been mentioning them for a while, but if you aren't following them, literally at The Yoga Couple. Very simple. The Yoga Couple on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, so I called her and, you know, I'd been talking to her throughout and, and she said, I said, I've got $200 to my name. What do I do here? Do I get another job? Cause I was starting to apply for other jobs or cause I was never going to run out of money before I got a job. Right. I always was like aware of like, I need to get some income rolling in. And I was like, what do I do? And I was telling her I had this idea for like holding a challenge because I wanted to do something that would really challenge people and really empower people. So I learned about this idea for a challenge and it ended up being the Exit the Matrix challenge. For those of you that took that challenge, that was the most difficult challenge but yet so rewarding for me even because there was 30 days in a row of videos uh youtube videos like longer form videos not on youtube but longer form videos and the amount of research and stuff that went into that but i remember her saying to me you really have a choice here are you going to commit to your old life or the old way or the new way are you going to commit to having faith and this new thing because at that point, I had enough following. I think I had like 
20,000 on Instagram, 20 or so, I would say. And, you know, probably like 300,000 from TikTok. And I had enough where I could probably make enough to support myself and also help a shit ton of people. And it was like, I really want to help everyone. I don't really want to do this, but I'll get the job if I have to, because of course I'm not going to, I'm not dumb, right? I'm not going to run myself out. And so like you can commit to either one of these, it's your choice. So then I'm like, you know what? I'm committing hundred percent to this life right now. So then the exit of the matrix challenge ended up doing really well. And I'll just be tr completely transparent. It made me like 10 grand. And for that 10 grand, I, I was, oh my God, I was so unbelievably grateful because it gave me a couple months where I could just relax for a little bit. And, um, you know, we had a lot of bills because we were paying all, all the credit bills uh, from when we had, you know, ran out of money the first time because I wanted to make sure that those got paid because a lot of that was from Jesse and I did not want her credit to be hurt because of it. You know, looking back, part of me was like, you should have got a job much sooner. What were you doing? You know, there's that part of your mind that's like, oh, you're so dumb, you're so dumb. But it, it worked out because I'm here now, right? And so I don't necessarily regret it. Uh, so I continued on and that, it started to get to me like the, I started to stress eat. Like, where's the money going to come from next? What if I don't do it again? Oh, I'm so, and so then I started to stress eat. And for those of you that have seen if it looked like my weight fluctuated, maybe it does look like that. Maybe it doesn't because I started to stress eat um, because I started to feel really, uh, my nervous system was not regulated. So I was making content, but I was also eating more than I needed. And then I started to have a whole hero's journey with that again, came back up because I didn't love myself no matter how I looked. And that lesson came up, that food came up. I think I did that subconsciously because I needed to learn how to love myself no matter what I looked like. And so, you know, I think right now I weigh, I don't know what I weigh, I'm probably less than 200, but I still have a certain amount of potential I want to reach. So not necessarily at the perfect point, but I've gotten it to the point where it's managed. It's good. And so moving on from the challenge, kind of had that happen. And then started to get stressful with my dad because my dad started to get tired of us living there. Um, even though I was trying so hard to keep the peace, he didn't understand, uh, didn't understand like doing your own thing because I was so busy and he started to get resentful in some ways I could tell. I'm like, okay, I know we got to get out of here now again. Oh man. So, you know, it, it ended well. I still have a good relationship with my dad. Uh, so it, it's not like, you know, that being terrible, but I just knew it was time to move on. I could tell. And I was ready. I've always been ready. It's not like I wanted to move back with him, but I did it because it was what I had to do in order to make it in the, in the way that, in order to make it in the, in the online space, I knew I, 
I either moved in by myself and, but the problem was, is I didn't have a, the income. And then the way the system is set up is that you can't get a place until you have income. And so I decided, you know what? I need to move on. So I think I held a class. Uh, no, not a class. I, I did the grounding master class, which is, where did that end up going? I think that ended up going to tier two Patreons. Yeah. Um, and I did another challenge. Did that, well, that was later on, but I did another challenge and, and then I started doing one-on-ones and that it was able to support me in my research and to continue helping people. Cause you know, you got so many people messaging. I had some people messaging me like, you're helping me. Oh my God, this is so great. And I'm like, yes, I'm fulfilling that purpose. And it feels so good. And so then we ended up making enough. I mean, I ended up making enough to get that Airbnb. You can see from those previous podcasts, I was in Phoenix in that Airbnb. And then that's when I put out the book uh, right around that time. And you don't get the book money for three months, which is kind of wild. Um, from Amazon because it's self-published and that's why it comes at the end of August. So now we were there and I was like, what do we do next? Oh, and this is, this is a whole story in itself. Oh man. So I had a, there was a company that reached out to me. And I'm not going to say their name because I don't want, um, I don't want any problems and it's not about the name. This company that reached out to me to make a show, uh, and I was like, okay, this sounds great. Um, but I don't want to do just like a normal show. I want to do like, um, I want to do a show that's me traveling around vlog type, but yet teaching Something I've always wanted to do, but I never had the, uh, I never took the time to do it yet. And I was like, that's the next thing I'm going to do, which is still the next thing I'm going to do. Um, so that's what I'm going to do on YouTube here coming. I don't, I can't put a date on it, but eventually for sure. Then I had the guy who ran the company said, you can come stay with me for a bit. If you'd like for two weeks. I was like, okay, great. So gave us a place to go from there. Then we went to the Grand Canyon and at my birthday there, and that was amazing, amazing. Never been to the Grand Canyon, but it was awesome. Then we went there, and on the way, he says, you guys can stay for a week. I'm like, okay, here we go. Because if I had known that, I probably wouldn't have went because it was all the way in Austin, and Austin was really far away. So this is some stuff that's been happening in the background. Of This was like July last month that's that's where we are now so for july we went there and then it started to be like this thing where i started to really see how these people lived and i started to really understand his business model and i started to understand what this guy was really about because you don't really know he's a millionaire or air quotations who knows if that's actually the case but he he had a 
ridiculous house, like rid- uh, ridiculously big house, and seemed to be the game. You never know. Um, started to see what it was really about, and you know, the agreement that I had understood was that okay, he's gonna pay. I thought it was going in that he was going to pay 500 per episode um, for me to, to, to fund me to do it. Because as you know, as I've told you throughout this financially, it was like, I probably can't do go around and keep traveling and, and going to hotels and gas. Cause gas was expensive and these things. And like, yeah, I need your help to fund this. And so then instead of funding it, he said, I could come live with him. Uh, and then it just seemed to be like this thing where I would say, all right, I need funding for this. And then it would be like, he wouldn't give me the funding. And then there seemed to be excuses and these other things. And uh, it really made no sense, the whole thing. And so then he started to say, and I did other work for him. And that's a whole, I don't know if I want to get into all of that, but I started, I consulted for him on how to grow on Instagram. And I did that. And, he said that was payment for me staying when, in essence, he'd said I could stay there for two weeks just as, like, guests. And so then the story started to twist, and I started to see that this guy really would only care about you and cared about your well-being if you gave him some sort of value. It wasn't, like, a genuine because then he started to say, oh, you got to, I want you to help me do this film all of these things he it's really interesting because he didn't know how to use a camera but yet you're running a a multi-million dollar operation based on shows the priorities were you know it just was not 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 my not my cup of tea you know do what you want and i'm not trying to roast this guy by any means but i basically just figured out that this guy was not someone that I wanted to be involved with for many reasons beyond that. There were some things going on in the background that I figured out and, um, it was just not good, not good stuff. And so I figured out, well, they were doing this whole thing when it comes to crypto and, but the money from the crypto, like I was, I was assuming, you know, when you made the show, you get paid, but you ended up not getting paid at all until, uh, whenever they launched the coin, but nobody knew when they launched the coin. So it was just all this kind of sketchy stuff going on in the background. I'm like, I don't really want to be a part of this. And he, I asked him for funding for the show and he said, no. So we didn't actually say no. That's the thing. It's like, I'll check. And then it was no response. I'll check with the account. No response. And then I basically told him, um, and this was super stressful because like, I want to do this, but if you're not going to fund it, then I'm not going to do it. But yeah, he's like, where's the footage? Where's the footage? Because I'd filmed some at the Grand Canyon. I'd spent days filming at the Grand Canyon and in Sedona filming these episodes. And I did that because I already was going there because of the, because I wanted to just spend time there for my birthday. So it was like a birthday trip, but I was still working. And he kept asking me where the footage was. And I'm like, you know what? I don't really want to do this. I told him, I'm not really wanting to do this anymore because of, you know, these reasons. And he got, extremely, extremely toxic. Uh, and start saying, I provided no value. And it just, you know, so that has been super 
frustrating. And you know what? The, the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because it just goes to show you, I want to tell you from this that these people who may have a lot of cash are not, don't have their things, are not these ascended beings who are super in it for all the right reasons and right, but all the reasons of elevating humanity and, you know, these things that they may promote. These people, a lot of times are, I've been around them now because I've grown and I've gotten to the point where they, you know, have wanted to contact me, things like this. And, you know, I'm just a guy that's trying to figure out the nature of reality. Like that's all I'm really into. And to be able to support myself along the way to do that even more, you know, as we do that, we up level. Um, but this is kind of hard to talk about because, you know, again, I think he, I'm not, I'm just not really sure about it. It seems like on the surface, he had good intentions, but then when I wasn't providing value for him, it was just basically throw you under the bus. So kind of like a narcissistic, um, you know, some of the things I, I'm not going to share exactly what he said to me, but. I ended up being like, you know, I don't care because I'm like, I stick by principles and I'm like, I'm not going to, cause he was trying, trying to get me to affiliate market and as a way to, because I said, you, you know, you're not funding it. And he's like, oh, well you just got to send an affiliate market on your page. And I'm like, I'm not going to affiliate market products that I'm not interested in. That's why I'm, I am fucking proud of myself because I'll tell you one thing. I've never sold out. I've never sold out. And I'm so proud of that because that's been a thing that's been important to me on an integrous level because there have been so many companies that have reached out to me about products that they want me to promote. And I've never done it. The only thing that I've ever promoted was a journal. And I did a journal. Um, and I think the, the journal is actually good. But besides that, I have never advertised anything else because I felt like it's important for me to be integrous with this stuff. And he wanted me to do affiliate marketing with all of these things and all these products. And I'm like, but I'm not really, I don't really, I don't buy these products. Like it was, uh, certain like, uh, substances like botanicals, I think is what it's called. Like, you know, supplements basically and other things like that. And I'm just like, I'm not interested. And I'm proud of myself because I stuck to that principle. And and you want to know what happened? And, I, and another reason why I'm telling this because you want to know what happened after that? Somebody else came through. I started getting some one-on-one -on -one clients. Um, and I never really advertise funny because I don't really talk about the things that I do very often. And that's one thing that, you know, looking back at, I never wanted to be the spiritual salesman. Um, so I never really took sponsorships. I never really even promoted my own stuff very often. I never even really talked about the fact that I had one-on-ones. So it wasn't like I was lacking. I just started talking about it more and then I got clients. It was that simple. And so it's been a very interesting ride. And I realized that these people at the that are supposedly spiritual are really a lot of times in it for the cash. They're in it to make money at the end of the day. That's why they're doing it. They're not doing it to help humanity. They're doing it to make money. And when you don't give value to them, 
they don't really care about you. Uh, and that's a good thing to realize. You want to know why? Because it helps you to realize that they're not any different than you in the respect. Not like saying that you're like that or I'm like that. I'm saying that these people are still trying to figure it out. And the, I, I had a huge realization coming out of that. That was actually big for my growth personally. The difference, and I told a client that I was working with, he was like, how much do I charge for my services and things like this? And I was like, breathe for a second. I want you to realize that the only difference between you and these millionaires in the spiritual community are that they have self-worth and they believe in themselves and they take action. All you have to do is have a self-worth, believe, you know, believe in yourself. It's that simple. And then put yourself out there and don't care about what people have to say about it. And that's how they, a lot of times, do what they do. You know, a lot of times, that's not the only case, of course, but this is what I've seen over and over, having been through this for years. And so money's been a, a very interesting thing for me. And um, what I really want to do at the end of the day is just teach people the nature of reality do my podcast because I love talking to other people who are also researching because it's a great way to learn. I learned so much during these podcasts. And so all I, at the end of the day, I realized that I didn't really want to do that with someone else. Um, especially because the type of videos I want to make are like videos that do really well on YouTube and to put all that effort in. You know, it, it was costing me much more than $500 an episode to do those episodes. Um, and so it really wasn't that I was, I just really didn't want to do it with him after that and, and with that, with that company because I saw through it and I'm like, oh, this is all just seems kind of not my style. So I let go and some people are okay with that. And I said, told them, you know what, you can't, if you're not going to fund me, then okay, I don't really want to be a part of it. That's when he got super toxic. So um, <laughs> so that happened in July. And then after I let go of that, that was really tough because I was just like, man, I don't want to upset people. I don't want to... I don't want to make enemies in the spiritual community, but... Um, you know, if he doesn't like what I have to say, and I'm, uh, and if I'm speaking my truth, then so be it. Whatever. If he doesn't like me, he doesn't like me. This dude went so far as to say that I, I said it went back and forth a couple of times, and I said this is getting nowhere. This makes no sense, you know. And, I, and then I was like, I'm done. I'm done. So then, that I'm done, and he continued to message me, and I blocked him. And this dude went so far as to emailed me a five-page essay as to what really happened, trying to deny my reality with no understanding, just gaslighting me. So I blocked him, and that's it. And, you know, I realized that it's more important to stand up for your principles than it is for people to like you. That at the end of the day is the key to me, to fulfillment and to integrity within yourself. Because if you really understand that you're doing the best that you can, and you're doing what you believe is the most beneficial or all involved, and it's, it's your truth, that's all you can do, right? That's all you can do. And if people don't like it, you know, it could have went so many other ways. Could have told dude, hey, 
don't really want to be part of this because it's not being funded. And he could have said, oh, well, we'll take care of that. No problem. It didn't go that way, you see? And I think it's for a reason because it learned, it taught me so many lessons because you start to get, you know, towards the upper echelon of the spiritual community and you start to see that these people a lot of times are full of beans. They're full of beans. And I think it's an important message because you see that, man, you can do this too. You, literally you. Get it to focus there. You can do this. You can reach these levels. You can have all this abundance and things, and you just got to keep going. You just got to keep going. And believe it's so cheesy because you hear these celebrities, in my, like you might watch an MMA fight and you hear afterwards, you just got to believe in yourself. Take action. And it literally is a lot of that. Because when you believe in yourself, you know, there's a law of assumption and subconscious mind and other things that happen in the background, but it's very important. Very important. And you are worth it. The only reason why you don't believe it is because society has convinced you. So. so I hope that you understand. I didn't talk about that just because I was trying to air the dirty laundry or things like that with, uh, with that guy. But just to, I, I, my intention was to tell you that these people who are at the top do not always have your best interest at heart and, so, and humanity's best interest at heart at the forefront. Rather, they have their own best interests at heart. Uh, and that's fine. But sometimes, even when you get to these high levels, you can say, no, I don't want to be a part of that. I can do my own thing and be more successful. And Because to me, success is a level of fulfillment. Success comes from fulfillment from taking action. Um, as in, if I take an action... Not only is, am I fulfilled and successful in my action, but my state of being, it's a combination. But I don't want to be part of that. Uh, and there's other things in the background, but I don't want to go, you know, too hard. Don't want to go too hard. So I hope that you understand that you can attain a level of spirituality in general and awakening. Attain a, a, you can obtain a level of success no matter what, no matter where you start from, no matter. I had nothing. I was $15,000 in debt with zero money. And now I'm, we're making it. And so after that event happened and that whole debacle, and I, I went through this whole, like, what did I do wrong? What was my part in this? And, you know, what can I learn from this? And, after all that, I don't, after all that, I had a friend of mine come through that uh, is an absolute legend and was able, you know, he got some coaching and My head, it came through anyways. I was supported. I was able to get this Airbnb. So, this whole time, I have in the back of my mind, not in the back, in the forefront, is really, and I got really sick, by the way, while I was there. Uh, while I was in Austin and with that with that dude, I got, I had never in the last two, three years, ever since, much longer, even longer than that, I had not had any health problems. While I was there, I lost my voice. I... Um, literally was like, I couldn't get out of bed, uh, barely. And it was, and that's another reason why I left there. And we left there early. We left there before the two weeks and we just got a hotel 
We said we're out. And then we tent camped and the tent camping went okay. But at times it was really, I was so fed up with tent camping. So then we went to, then we went to the conference for human design because Jesse wanted to speak at this conference and, and then she, she spoke at the conference and I went camping and I got absolutely dumped on and the car broke down out in the middle of nowhere. And then the tow truck guy broke the front bumper. This was very recent. The tow truck guy broke the front bumper and I got drenched in the tent um, by like a severe thunderstorm that came out of nowhere. And we were in Santa Fe and I said, I'm done tent camping. So then I got a hotel for the rest of the week. And then I told myself, you know, what do I really want to do? And what I really want to do is teach. And what I really want to do is travel. And, you know, as soon as we get the resources or the, to really get out there and travel, I'll be traveling around and seeing not only, here's the thing. I don't want to just travel to travel. I want to travel to meet people, to make content. I think the next level for me is getting out to the Buddhist monks in the monastery and doing the uh, interviews and, and really getting to know them and spending time and, and going to India and spending time there and really learning from these masters uh, and going to all the places around the world where the wisdom is kept actually there and talking to these people in person and really getting the knowledge. So that's the next level for me that I'm heading towards. And along with that, traveling the U.S. because there's so much knowledge, even just in the U.S. here as well. So that's the next step that I'm moving in that direction of. Uh, but along the way, as we get there, I was like, what do I really want to do? I was like, well, I really want to teach. And I really like writing the book. And that was really amazing. And I wrote the book very, very quickly. There's a lot of things that I want to put in another book now. But we'll get... We'll get to another book soon. I don't know how soon. Eventually, for sure. But what I really want to do is teach classes and really have gatherings and do retreats. Uh, and so retreats are like the next thing. I really want to do in-person stuff. I actually, so I'm holding a class on the 21st, which is in like eight days from now. So if you see this later on, then, you know, the class. I don't If... If this is after the class, I'll put it in the description where you can get the class, things like that. You still want to do that. But I'm holding the class on the 21st because I'm like, what do I really, really want? It's like, man, I really want to do these classes in person. So I thought about hosting a class in person and then live streaming that class. But I can't do that because it's too hot in Texas. And it's too hot in Austin and uh, Corpus Christi. And I can't do the class outside and I would have to rent a venue and finding a venue and doing that and like on a week's notice would just probably not work. So I decided I'm going to teach the class over Zoom for now, but eventually I'll be teaching them in person and doing expos and these type of things because that's what really inspires me. That That's what really gets me fired up. Not only doing that, but making videos that are incredibly compelling and entertaining and, and, um, they give you knowledge when you watch the video. After you watch the video, you, you really understand the nature of something. Yourself, reality, things in reality, what's happening. This is what I'm like, yes, let's do this. And I've always wanted to do that on YouTube. And I had to go through this hero's journey just to say, you know what, I can do this. 
I can do it. I don't need anyone else to do this, but it's just going to take an incredible amount of effort. And so I decided let's teach a class. So I'm like, what is, so there was a video that did really well about space time and time space, Dewey Larson's, the law of one promoted Dewey Larson's physics models. And I got really interested in it and I'd been studying it. And a video did, I think got like a million views on Instagram. So I thought, well, you know what? Let's just do a whole metaphysics 101 class where we talk about not only that, but simulation theory and uh, holographic nature of reality, what that actually means, all the evidence we have and these things like that. So I'm like, how can I support myself enough to where I can get the next Airbnb? Because uh, you know the thing that's wild is that Austin's Airbnbs are not cheap. Austin, it's crazy because when we started about a year ago or longer, we got an Airbnb the first time around when we were in the tent one time, and it was, you know, not that expensive. But now it's like 3000 bucks for an Airbnb. So I'm like, well, what can I do to where I can teach people about the nature of reality? Because I, I taught a class before, the Law of One Applied class, and I thought, oh, this, I loved doing it. And it was epic, and so many people told me it was an amazing class, and they really liked it. And so I'm like, what is the next class? And so I thought, what I really want to do is do that. And I really like doing one-on-ones too, but the classes are just a passion of mine. So I thought, what's going to empower people? And it's like, well, understanding the metaphysical nature of reality, all of the, I mean, to take that zoomed out view has been incredibly beneficial for me in my life to actually relax a little bit not be all up in fight or flight the whole time because you see what reality is really about and what's important. And so we're going to talk about how to play the metaphysical game of life and these things in that class. And and so uh, the link to the class is in the description if you want to get that. And if you're watching this after the class, then it'll probably be available somewhere. I don't know. Uh, it might not be for a while. I don't know. I haven't decided exactly what's going to happen to the class because the Law of One class isn't available yet. Uh, We'll see what happens. So that class is coming up and I'm like, the more that I follow what I really want to do, the more that it seems, the universe seems to align. And I, I think a big lesson of this podcast today is that you don't need to have it all figured out. One of the biggest things that I did from the beginning was I just believed that I'd be taken care of we're going to be okay. You know, we're going to be provided for. And we were every single time, like last second it came through, we made enough to where we could buy these things. And I still am right now. And so the reason why we're going to Austin is because my partner, Jesse has this, uh, there's a lot of people in Austin that are, would be good for the podcast. So I'm hoping to get some in-person podcasts done as well. Cause that's what I really, really like to do for this podcast. But also, we're going to Austin because Jesse um, wants to do functional patterns, and functional patterns is a facility. And um, there's a facility in Austin, and so there's a training there. And she wanted to go work out at the gym and be a part of that community. So we're going to be there for at least that month, if not longer. And then, you know, as we gain the resources and as we continue to up level, we'll base everything that I've invested basically all the extra money that I have goes into investing. I actually invested in this 
better lens. I had this lens, but then it broke. It fell in the wind while I was rooftop tenting. So the extra money I had, I bought the lens. With the extra money I had, if you go listen to earlier podcasts, I did not have a good mic. Uh, it was a road mic, but it was not meant for podcasting. So I bought a better mic. You know, I've been investing in other things, and this is what I'm going to continue to do is all the free money that I have will either go into travel or investing in equipment or up-leveling in that sense. And so my goal is to begin traveling around and getting a, because I also have not had my own vehicle, like as in my vehicle, for three or four years. So (laughs) the next step is to get myself my own vehicle and to get a truck to eventually get a camper as well. And so when you have the truck and the camper, then I can travel around the U.S. and get all the people and go to the people and go to the wisdom communities here in the U.S. and podcast with them and in, invest in their knowledge and, you know, do documentaries. Documentaries. I don't know why I said it like that. But to do documentaries. Documentaries. Why do I keep saying it like that? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> to do videos. Not only that, but vlogs of getting there and, and you know, making them. I don't necessarily want it to be super professional because it's been done like that, but to do it my own way. And so the next step for me is to do that as well as make YouTube videos and to teach on YouTube. Because I want to do that. And then. On top of that, we'll do the podcast. And on top of that, we'll do the videos for Instagram and TikTok. So there is an incredible amount of things that I'm doing right now. And I know that it'll all pay off eventually. And it's all coming together. And I feel I feel like one of the keys, uh, I think I've said this today, but I want to reiterate it because it's so important. I'm not one that's going to tell you to not take the risk. Because, you know, you take the risk, you learn, you learn what other people are about, you learn what you're about. Um, and this, by any means, is not advice on what to do. Because I'm not, I don't want to be responsible for whatever the heck you choose. But I think believing and having faith in the unseen realms has been one of the massive keys. Not only for my own uh, ability to take action, because not only does it help you from a manifestation point, if you, you could say, but it also helps you from a mental state. Because when you're in that state, you're more likely to take action towards the things that you actually want when you believe it's actually going to come true versus the fear. So I subconsciously rewired my mind over the time period, that, that entire time period. And I think it's not all, it's not fully there. And I'm by no means perfect. Um, and so it's coming together. And I'm, I think right now I'm reaching that threshold where I'm, I'm going to be able to get to place in Austin and, you know, get the training for her and do these other things. And I'm going to be able to invest in, in things. And I don't need to know where that's going to come from now. You see, I'm not worried about where's what's in, where is the ability to get these things that I'm looking for? Where is that going to come from? I'm not worried about that because I think that's one of the biggest tricks to try and figure out how it's going to happen. I don't need to worry about how it's going to happen at this point. All I need to do is take it one step at a time 
And the step is to do the things that I know will help me get there. Whether that's even meditations, I think one of the biggest things you can do, I was just talking about this on the Patreon, one of the biggest things you can do, we do a monthly call each month. And so one of the biggest things you can do is wake up right when you're going to bed and right when you wake up, you're in that state where your lower brainwave state and you're going in and out of it. Put some headphones on and do, I literally described this perfectly in my book. Well, not perfectly, but really well. I take a lot of time on this topic because it's so important to me. You get into this space where your brainwave states are going up and down and you're, you're really tuning into that timeline that you want. You're really tuning into that, that future version of you and you're bringing it into this reality. And I've done this for years. You're bringing it into this reality and so you no longer need the world to, to tell you who you are. You don't need the external to tell you what you are. You already know energetically you are this. I am this successful being. And if you have to use the future as a permission slip for now, I've seen that work for so many people. That's not the ultimate truth, but it's something that works. It works. So if you tune in when you wake up and you go to bed, those time periods, it starts to seep into the subconscious mind. And eventually, if you get good enough in meditation, you can do that during meditation too, of course, during the day at any time. But it will make massive changes if you do it at those times because that's when you know you're already lowering your brainwave states because you're already tired. And so basically, you'll get in the subconscious mind and, and redo that. And so I hope this is also a message that a lot of times, these people who are online won't share the, these things because, I don't know why, but they don't share these. But I hope it goes to show you that it doesn't all come at once either all the time. That A lot of people make it out to be a perfect story where they just make a shit ton of money and it's like, oh, 60 grand came in and I'm all good. That's not always how it works. It might be like, oh, I, I have enough. I have enough. I have enough. And then eventually of have having enough, then you have that overabundance and that might come and go, but you don't let that determine your state of being. Because a lot of times we realize that your state of being does have a factor in what happens in our life. So hopefully this is a, uh, you got to know me a little bit better from today's podcast and, and what my life has been like. And my intention with this episode was to, to really share some hard to share things so that you see that, hey, I, you can do this too. Um, you have the power within you to create the change. And that begins with your perception. And that was always at the forefront is that I had to lead with a change of perception. Only did I take action with TikTok when I had a change of perception. Only did I take action to get a job when I need to when I had a change of perception. And when I really started to elevate my perception, that's when success started to come in, even financially. So I was able to get out on my own again um, after having, which at the time I was not very fond of, moving back in with my dad after having to do that because it was like, I got to do what I got to do. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, even in the spiritual path. And a lot of times you find that it's when you do the things that your mind doesn't want to do because of the, the stereotypes of society or if it's even because it's difficult. When you push through those and you actually change your perception, uh, it's not even that bad. I just do this 
for now. It's transient. But, you know, for these time periods, I might have to move back in with my parents. I might have to put in a lot of uh, effort towards this. But I also might have to change my state of being related to that. And when I combine the state of being with the action, that's when your reality starts to change. You combine that with the law of assumption, tuning in during meditation, or you tune in at the uh, in the morning or in the evening, right before bed or when you wake up. You get into those lower brainwave states. You change the subconscious mind. That starts to manifest in your reality, and your life starts to change. Okay? Had to throw that little bit of empowerment in because apparently that's what I felt like what was needed in this moment. So I hope that helps. And I'll be back for another episode. This episode was a little bit longer, 145, huh? Well, that's basically my life. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. And uh, yeah, just feeling very grateful. For you and for the world and i know that the world might look a certain way but i think it's really we are really awakening we are really starting to understand what this is all about and i'm here to lead that forefront and i've given everything that i can to lead that forefront uh to lead that charge into the unknown into into a new state of being for all of humanity into one of love and harmony and peace. And when you do that, a lot of times, you might sacrifice the comforts. You might sacrifice the comforts of financial stability in order to follow your passions. You might um, suffer in other areas. You might uh, sacrifice. There's so many things, right? There's so many different things. So I just, at the end of the day, thought, what is worth it? At the end of my life, I look back, say, hmm, hmm, <laughs> what is worth it? What was worth it to do? And I just felt that calling. And it, the calling was greater than the insecurities that I had at that time. The calling was greater than all these other things that my mind was trying to tell me. And I just pushed through. No matter what my mind had to say, I pushed through. Not, I didn't always push through because, you know, it gets you sometimes, but... You continue to persevere uh, beyond all the distortions of society and of your own, your own mind. You have to let go of what your own mind thinks. And so, principles. Principles. What principles do you live by? And when you have your principles that you live by, whether that's integrity, whether that's honor, whether that's saying your truth, whether or not it's uncomfortable. And people don't like that. You know, you're, if you're saying it because you believe, you're doing that out of love for yourself, and you're not responsible for how other people react. And when you set boundaries and things like that. Sometimes when you set the boundaries, you find out, I posted something on Instagram about... You find out, it was a quote by a Stoic philosopher that said, you can find out the true intentions and who a man truly is with how they treat someone who has nothing to offer them. I think that's one of the most profound quotes you can realize about other people sometimes. Um, 
And I'm just getting kind of emotional thinking about it, but you, if you can just tell, remind yourself, you, you're doing the best you can with what you got. Mm. Let that be enough. One of the best things I ever did for myself too was to take the perception that ingrained in my subconscious that I'm putting in the effort to change per my perception into a more loving and empowered way. And I'm taking action to help others. And that's enough. I don't care. Cause you know, for a year I didn't have basically very, like very few amount of people were looking at my content. And so I push through that by understanding that the, it's not about how many people see it. It's not about how many people are looking at what you're doing. It's about what you are saying. You're saying it authentically. Are you saying it to empower others? What's your intention behind that? My intention is pure. It's all you can do. All you can do. That in that effort is enough. It doesn't matter how many people it reaches. And when I let go of how many people it reached and didn't care, that's when it took off. I didn't I wasn't focused on it. I was just focusing on the, becoming the greatest version of myself that I could, reaching the potential that I know I had within me. Because you probably know you have potential in you. You probably know. If you don't, it's there. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Your potential is there. You just have to tap into it. You know there's more. You know there's more. And however you tap into that mentally, spiritually, physically, the mind tries to trick you into thinking if you stay comfortable, you'll feel better. And you just got to accept it. But you don't. When you do things that are uncomfortable, your mind doesn't want to do. You generate resilience and discipline, and those are principles. And when you have the resilience and discipline to get through things that are uncomfortable, then you're not overtaken when life goes sideways. Because life has went sideways a lot for me, as you can tell by this episode. When I didn't know how I was going to make it, when I was going to make it, but I held on and I persevered because I had principles. So if anything, do yourself a favor. Find yourself some principles you're going to live by. Love, integrity, honor, discipline, um, doing what you believe is your greatest potential. Doing that day in and day out. Some days you fail. Um, I don't even know if I call it failure. Some days you might not do that. And it's really not about how many times you don't do it. It's really about how many times can you actually pull yourself up and, and get back on track. And eventually you'll get tired of going back off. You get on that track and you keep getting off. And then eventually you'll get on that track and you'll keep going on that track. But it just takes a lot of times to get off, get annoyed, get back on, get angry. Allow yourself for anger for change. That's a step in the levels of consciousness. And then be proud of what you've done. And then you move into courage. And then you move into neutrality and willingness and acceptance and logic and love, and joy and peace. And then enlightenment. And I'm not there. Who knows? When we'll get there. I think it's a letting go. I think enlightenment is a letting go. Not a holding on. So. 
That'll do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week with another guest, I'm sure. And I'm just at peace because I've been wanting to make this episode for a while and to share these things that were super uncomfortable for me to share the intricate details, but I knew that it was going to empower you, or hopefully that was my intention to empower you to hear what I went through and relate a little bit to some of these struggles and to know that you're not alone. And you can, if you keep going, you can make it. All right. And until the next episode, my friend, peace.